from Relay FM. This is Download, recorded Thursday, January the 10th, 2019. This is episode 86, the 2019 CES Draft. Welcome to Download, where we cover the most interesting technology stories of the week. I'm Jason Snell, your host. I'm joined, as always, by Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Jason Snell. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. We're back. We have two wonderful panelists to talk about the big story this week, uh, with which is full of little stories. It's like a pinata. I guess. Uh, Micah Sargent from the Clockwise Podcast is here. Hello, Micah Sargent. Hello. I prefer Russian nesting doll as the sort of metaphor here. That feels a little loaded in today's climate. <laughs> okay, fair. I, I, uh, I like the pinata metaphor because I like to envision CES as a giant uh, paper mache donkey that I can beat with a that stick. you can hit? <laughs> sounds okay. good to me. You know what? Yes. We're b- I'm, I'm, I'm back but, and I, I support yeah. it. <laughs> but candy doesn't come out. Regret comes out. Yeah, instead. well, oh. vaporware comes out too. Uh, also here to talk about <laughs> CES and hit, hit it with a stick maybe is Florence Ion from All About Android Hello. and Material. Hello. Hello. Hi, Flo. Uh, okay, well, yeah, it's CES time. That's the with the Consumer Electronics Show 2019 is here. Well, n- not here. It's in Las Vegas. It happened. A uh, place <laughs> that I prefer to not go to. I'm also bad with crowds. Uh, from afar, we are observing CES, and rather than just go through the headlines, we thought we'd do something different this week. Now, I know I have gotten a reputation as a person who tries to turn every podcast he's on into a draft. <laughs> It's deserved, but I'll have you all know I did not have the dumb idea to do a draft of stories from CES on this episode of Download. That dumb idea was provided by Stephen Hackett. Hey, wow. but he knew I would say yes. So thank you, uh, yeah. Stephen. Yeah. yeah, you can't ever say no to a draft. But you know, I thought there's so much news. Uh, we're gonna die prepping this show. I was like, why don't we just put the work on our panelists? <laughs> yeah, and we can cover a lot more. So it's a, it's it's a win. Win, win. Uh, yeah. Inside win. the colossal loss that is CES every year, a bunch of little <laughs> wins. We eke out some wins. It's good. Yeah. That's what comes out of the pinata, I guess. Not regret. Tiny wins. <laughs> okay. Better than tiny Milky Way bars. That's it's true. true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to go on a rant about pinatas. Anyway. Uh, Wait, we should draft candy bars. Oh, oh that's, no. That's not this one. Mm, that's top four. That's a different show. That's right. Or, that's or, the Halloween episode. Or the bonus question in Clockwise. All right. Here we go. First round. So we're going to do a, a couple different uh, uh, draft types. We're going to do a two round draft with the most interesting stories or products at CES 2019. And then we've got a couple little bonus drafts, mini drafts to do at the end. Uh, but we'll start off with the most interesting stories or products. And of course, we're good hosts, Stephen and I. So we're going to let our guests go first. Micah, what's your first choice for interesting story or product at CES this year? Uh, that's going to be uh, a surprise, surprise. I am very excited about HomeKit coming out in full force this year. But Apple, uh, Apple's not at CES. What? 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 <laughs> Apple's not at CES, but they're throwing shade at CES, which we'll talk about later. And also the fact that uh, they are apparently doing press uh, in like meetings and saying, hey, check out all these products that are from third parties that work with HomeKit. Very interesting story there. Uh, but 
more more importantly, I just think is the fact that a lot of companies that make smart home products are announcing said smart home products. And back when I was uh, writing about software authentication coming to HomeKit, which meant that uh, device manufacturers didn't have to buy a special chip that did all of the fun security stuff in order to uh, market their product as works with Apple HomeKit. When that went software, there weren't a lot of companies that were open to discussing. And, you know, I talked to Apple about it and Apple was like, hey, we'll put you in touch with some people when they're ready to talk about it, but not yet. And it seems to me that what they were waiting on was CES, because now we've got a whole bunch of companies who already make smart home products saying, hey, we're going to be adding Apple HomeKit support later this year because of that software authentication. But there are also a bunch of new products that are coming as well. And uh, just some companies that have always made HomeKit enabled accessories that are making some new stuff. So be that plugs or uh, NetAtmo, which is making a video doorbell that's going to be super awesome with an SD card built in so that or that you can slide in so that way you're not paying for an online service mm. and also trusting their cloud server. It's pretty awesome the the stuff that's happening this year. And this is the one year where I felt like, hmm, maybe I should have gone to CES. Mm. But no, I don't want to be there. <laughs> that seems a little bit out of out of control. I one of the items that I saw was the new uh NanoLeaf canvas light system, which are these uh little squares. Um and and I know people who are obsessed with the NanoLeaf stuff. These are these little like triangles or squares that are smart lights that can be different colors and then you can have like a thing that monitors the sound in your room and pulsates the lights and all this stuff. And they're really expensive, but I I also know people who like once they fall into it, they're just a, they're just super obsessed with it, and they've got to get more nano leaf stuff. And there's even more of that now. I noticed that one, so I I, I am sorry to those people because they're going to spend yeah, even seriously. more money. Because uh, also LifeX, the company that um, you, I mean, they make great lights. They make yeah. a really awesome LED light strip. They have some candelabra bulbs that are going to be coming out that have multiple zones of color in them so you can put it into you know your whatever thing in your house like a chandelier or your, your fan, chandelier your candle your chandelier. <laughs> relatable <laughs> really good exactly uh so just me then um and you can paint multiple colors into each of the bulbs and i think that's pretty doggone awesome but a lot of that stuff i think the like pretty painty light fun stuff it, that's all it is. It's just kind of fun uh, stuff that you can do. It's really these products, like I said, the video doorbell, uh, the air quality stuff, and the really well-designed uh, Belkin, what is it, Wemo, Waymo uh, light switches that are coming are, I think, going to be pretty awesome products for people that will actually be helpful instead of just sort of being a an art piece on the wall. Mm. Well, nothing brings CES down to earth like smart lights and a chandelier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Flo, what is your first selection from uh, CES 2019? So I went a little more uh, news. Yeah, well, actually, I guess it's the same. Um, so Google actually had a very gigantic presence at CES, so gigantic that, you know, if you've been paying attention or following along at all with anybody from the tech press, you have likely seen that 360-degree video of the It's a Small World-esque ride that they built uh, just to kind of show, like, the world inside the assistant. But there's actually much more to that than just, like, a really, really cool and extremely awesome uh, marketing concept because I'm, I'm still impressed days later after having seen it. 
So we have a platform now called Google Assistant Connect. So this basically makes it easier to add uh, the assistant to connected devices. And that includes things like little e-ink screens uh, Mm. if you wanted to and to just kind of and now these weren't actually on display at CES so what happened was in the little like Google press only area where they had all these things set up and by the way I'm totally just I'm getting all of this information from looking at other people's pictures like (laughs) just you know I'm making I'm making this up as much as I can but uh, the way I understand it is these are little 3D printed like e-ink magnets to kind of show the idea of how Google Assistant Connect would be implemented into a really simple household object. And the object is just showing little parts of Google Assistant. So it's just showing you like the commute or the weather for the day or something of the sort without having all that other like basically all that other noise because the assistant can be pretty noisy when you set it up like to what it fully can do. So that was just kind of a proof of concept. But uh, the other thing about the Google Assistant Connect is that apparently, now this is me being dubious here, uh, (laughs) but apparently it's going to make pairing smart devices easier in the sense that it'll eliminate the need for a dedicated hub or bridge Mm. and that you would only have to sync it up through the Google Home app. So apparently the C by GE bulbs that are currently available in the Google store, if uh, if you're a Google file, you will know that they've started selling bundles with GE light bulbs and Google Homes to kind of like show you, you know, this is how to get started with your smart home. Well, apparently this was alluding to like a bigger kind of connectivity because I guess somehow this is going to allow... So I'm dubious because Zigbee and Z-Wave are these giant, you know, big, widely used protocols right now in the smart home world. And so I'm trying to envision how this is all going to work. But the kind of TLDR of all these announcements is that Google is taking over everything and it is no longer... I think CES was its debut of, hey, you used to know as a search company who did not really have a giant presence at CES, but look at us now. We're so into your home, and we want to be in all these other little spaces that now we're going to take up this giant space at CES and like establish ourselves here. So it's just, it's very interesting. I wasn't expecting Google to use CES in this manner, but... At the same time, I'm like, oh, wow, as you know, as a Google fan, I'm like super excited for the rest of the year because this is going to be really interesting part of the platform. Yeah, I liked the um, go back, going back to the e-ink stuff. I, I as a Kindle fan, I, I've always been intrigued by the idea of e-ink devices because they're so mm-hmm. low power and, because they don't have to have a backlight. And they for uh, just sort of like uh, little things here and there in your house that can can last a very long time and show you information. I like the idea of like a fridge magnet that will that you can program to give you some basic kind of ambient information as you go about your day. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. The weather, your first appointment. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And nobody wants, you know, nobody wants hubs. Hubs are, we have enough devices that are smart enough that there should be a way for you not to have to buy a uh, a, a blob that you stick somewhere that can do the management of it. So uh, the more, the simpler, the better, I say. 
Very curious about the implementation. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. Yes, we shall. I think skepticism is merited here. Yeah. <laughs> skepticism is certainly merited, but I think that there's uh, something to be said for this because uh, one, of the, one of the requirements for a company who wants to market their product as works with Apple HomeKit is that the product has to be able to be set up completely within the Home app for iOS, meaning you don't have to download that company's app, make an account, connect it to their server, and you know use the the features that are within That's that nice. you have to be able to do it with the home app for iOS and that means that it's only happening locally on your network and so with Apple doing that I really appreciate that so to see Google doing this similar thing where you know you just have to use the Google app it's it's a it's a pretty smart thing especially like I've got all of the different virtual assistants in my house and so I've I've you know set up homekit or rather uh, smart home stuff with all of them just to see how these different ones work and I've noticed that uh, the that Google's home app and you know the Google home in general has gotten a lot better about bringing all of that into one place and letting you connect everything so this is this is exciting all right the, the homes they are so smart uh, Stephen what do you have do you have a smart home something I'm gonna break the trend a little bit <laughs> and I'm gonna talk about I think what was the most exciting single product at CES which is LG's 65-inch 4K OLED rollable TV. I'm, I'm on the hype train with this TV. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in. Choo-choo. I want this future. So it is a, uh, a big box that sits in your living room, and that box is actually like a 100-watt Dolby Atmos speaker, which is pretty, pretty cool. Sure. Mm. And then you hit a button, <laughs> and a TV rises out of the box. And it can go up to like show a fourth of the display in something called LG... Uh, something LG calls line mode. It shows things like the weather and music controls and stuff. <gasps> then it keeps rising <laughs> like out of the ground and you have a full 4K OLED TV. And when you don't want it, it goes away. You just have like a nice piece of furniture in your room. So For so long, I mean, CES is like the TV show, right? And we had, oh, you need 3D TV. Oh, you need curved TV. Oh, you need 8K TV. Uh, this feels... Like part of me thinks it could be one of those things, but part of me also thinks that people actually do want this sort of thing, at least in some context where you just don't want a TV there all the time. Uh, no doubt this is going to be expensive. <laughs> Their wallpaper TV, I think, is like eight grand. I think this is probably going to be like 12 or 15 when it ships later this year. But uh, I like the idea. I like that you could have it out and then it goes away and you don't need it anymore. And it looks, the hardware looks incredible. The engineering looks really, uh, like really robust. Like you see videos on YouTube of it going up and down and it's like heavy mechanisms doing it. It doesn't look fragile. I think they may have something on their hands here. This is for all those people who in the nineties or eighties bought those giant wooden, uh, like cabinets to hide their TV sets in because yeah. they wanted to pretend that they were so cool that they didn't have a TV, but in fact they did. And this will be like that. It's like, what's that large metallic, uh, box sitting on your table? No, oh, it's nothing. It. Nothing. Yeah, don't, Never mind. Don't put a drink on it. Please don't, don't spill a drink it. into it. It's a speaker. It's a sound bar. That's what yeah. it is. Is. Yeah. 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 So I, I had a client a couple of years ago I did some AV work for and they wanted this. They found this thing on the Internet where like it was a TV mount and then like came out of the wall and swung around. You could hang like a painting on the other side of it. I was like, <laughs> whoa, that's a really dumb idea. But I could have sold him on this. <laughs> you put that right in front of your uh, your sliding bookcase that reveals the that's secret right. passage behind. Right. Like it's all part right. of the same. 
it's the same idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think this looks cool. I think it's something that, I mean, LG ships weird TV stuff. This seems like it's going to be a real product and people were excited about it. Uh, following all the journalists there. So it gets my vote. It's space saving. Yeah, I mean that's and it gets out of your way. It's a foldable foldable displays, you know, are are happening all over the place because that technology does uh, sort of exist now. And this is it's an interesting idea, right? I mean, there is something to be said for if you're somebody who does not want a giant screen, especially the size of TVs now, right? Like the people with the wooden box that they were hiding their TV in that was what a a 27 inch TV or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now we've got these huge, you know, 50, 55, 60, 65 inch TVs, they dominate a room even when they're mm-hmm. off. And exactly. I, I can see the appeal if you can buy a box that the TV magically kind of like flies out of when you want to see it. Like that. That's right. And you worship it and you get down on your knees and you say, Yes, we pray to the LG rollable display. Um, or not, whatever. I will move on with my first pick, which is, uh, we mentioned it earlier, Apple, not at CES, and yet somehow is this ghost that haunts CES, and uh, it's there, but it's not there. And this year, one of the biggest stories of CES was, again, to go back to the TV part, because this is a very big TV show, uh, Apple has made deals with most of the major players in smart TVs to integrate parts of their technology technology on uh onto the tv platforms so they uh it started with samsung which announced that it's going to have an app that can play itunes content which is basically the first uh first non-apple piece of hardware that will play a movie you bought on itunes instead of having to hook up like an apple tv or something like that and then they since then there have been a whole bunch of announcements vizio lg and sony all announced that they're going to support airplay 2 and that they're also going to be able to act as HomeKit hubs so that's really interesting as well because that means that uh on those tvs all you'll need is an iphone or an ipad and you can uh airplay that 4k video straight to the tv and that will work too this is a big change in apple's overall business model which traditionally was about selling hardware and uh the content was great but it was really a way to get you to buy an apple tv or buy some other piece of hardware and of course it's no coincidence 2019 is the year that apple is going to launch that tv service with all of those tv shows that they've spent more than a billion dollars on in the past year and a half and they want to be a rival to netflix and amazon prime and hulu and disney's forthcoming service and uh, if you're going to do that you need your service on as many devices as possible i imagine that this is just the first shoe and another shoe will drop i would be shocked honestly if they weren't making deals or hadn't already made deals with roku and amazon to get on the roku uh, Uh, boxes and embedded tv software and on amazon fire tv as well because i think apple wants to be everywhere by the time that they get their uh their new streaming service out there so if you've got at all a modern tv or have an apple device uh you can watch their service so uh, funny how apple not being present ended up being a, a huge story anyway because uh the tv people are present and the tv people all made deals with apple but it's good to see them playing the game, though. I really, I like, I really liked hearing. I liked hearing that news. I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't benefit me just because I'm not in that ecosystem. But when I heard it, I was like, you know what? That's a good, that's a yeah. good move. Yeah, stop. It, not everything has to be proprietary anymore. Like you've, you've already established yourself so much with like 
you know, your fan base first and now with other people. And so it is time now to just open up those gates just a tiny bit and allow in some guests. I think it's telling that a lot of uh, Apple fans who have written me about uh, our coverage of this story have said um, it doesn't make sense to them because that's the reason you buy an Apple TV is because there's Apple exclusive stuff on it. And I think Apple, I, I actually am going to say, I think this is a move that is confident. It's not just about mm-hmm. trying to get their stuff everywhere and, and we'll wrap the, um, the fact that Amazon Echoes can play Apple Music now into it as well. Like, I think Apple is confident or at least willing to take the chance that their hardware needs to stand on its own as good premium hardware. The HomePod, the Apple TV need to live or die based on whether they're a good product and not by uh, withholding services and only making them available on those devices. They need to be good. If I was the person running the Apple TV, I would probably be like, yeah, we're going to compete. We we have to be able to compete against the rest of the market and not just have this artificial like, well, if you want to do AirPlay, you need an Apple TV. If you want to watch the, you know, Apple TV service, you've got to buy this box. And uh, I, you know, so I think it works both ways positively for Apple. They get their stuff out there to more people and potentially there's some ecosystem system stuff going on there where they can uh, maybe get people so happy with the Apple stuff that they consider other Apple products. But also, I think it's okay that to make those products have to stand on their own and live or die based on their own quality rather than some sort of artificial barrier. All right, uh, we have another round of interesting products. But before we do that, let me take a quick break and tell you about our first sponsor. This episode of Download brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you have access to a suite of powerful hosting options. Prices start at $5 a month, which is insanely cheap. You can be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in less than a minute. Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying something complex, Linode is the right choice for you. So what I use for my servers, I have a Linode server, and uh, it's such a deal. My whole life, everything I do professionally on one Linode server. It's got the uh, fastest hardware network. There's fantastic customer support behind it all if you have any needs or if there's a problem. It's never easier been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. They have this great web interface. You just uh, click some things on a web page and you got a server. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability. Your server goes up and it stays up. They keep it that way. Linode is great for tasks, whether you're hosting a large database, running a mail server, running a VPN, running Docker containers, hosting a private Git server, running your own podcast network, hosting a blog, you name it, Linode can do it. Uh, and they're hiring right now. If you want a job at Linode, go to linode.com slash careers. Fantastic pricing options available. Like I said, their plans start uh, at $5 a month for a one gigabyte of RAM plan. They've also got higher memory plans, starting with 16 gigs of RAM. And as a listener to download, if you sign up at linode.com slash download FM, you'll not only be supporting us, you'll also get $20 toward any Linode plan. On the one gig of RAM plan, do the math. That means four months for free. And there's a seven-day money-back guarantee on top of it. So there's nothing to lose. Go to linode.com slash download FM to learn more. Sign up. Get your own server on the internet for cheap and take advantage of that $20 credit. Thank you to Linode for hosting all of my stuff and for supporting download. All right. Round two. Round two of this draft of interesting products from CES. That means we're back around to Micah. Micah, what do you have for us? All right. So I thought this was a pretty cool thing. Um, There is a company called Imalac, uh, and they make a breast pump called Nurture. Um, 
it is supposed to improve or uh, like cuts down on pumping time and increases um, milk expression. But what's I think very cool about it is that they had a live breast pumping demonstration at CES on the show floor. Um, the the person who was doing it was you know a, a lactation consultant and was showing sort of how this worked and also i just i mean we've we've had these stories in the past of like people being shamed uh for uh, pumping in public or or breastfeeding in public and you know some places give give access to a comfortable spot where you can do that and there's just like there's so much silliness involved and and uh i think badness involved with like this very necessary part of what you do to turn a baby into an adult and so i like that you know at a place at CES where, uh, just last year or, or maybe it was a couple of years ago, when, whenever I was last there. Yeah. So I guess it's been a couple of years ago. Um, my colleague was, uh, we went and we were, we sat down and, uh, they gave her a virtual reality device and she put it on and they said, Oh, you're going to love this. And then they proceeded to show her virtual reality porn without any warning. Oh, yeah. Um, no. and you know, there are places where there's still quote unquote booth babes and a lot of sexism and a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of those issues. I thought that this was a pretty cool move in and of itself. Um, and I think that you know, it, it deserves, it deserves attention. I, I do hesitate in the sense that like calling it out too much, kind of like turn something that is just an everyday function into kind of like a spectacle. And so I understand that those criticisms that are out there, but I think overall, this is a good thing. And last year, uh, there was a smart breast pump, uh, company that, or I keep saying last year as if I was just there last year. Wow. It's been a, a, a blur. But, uh, when I was there last time, there was a smart breast pump company that was, um, like they're, 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 full leadership were women. And, uh, I, I think that just seeing these companies, you know, be shameless and just, you know, take the step forward and, and talk about this kind of stuff is really, is pretty cool. So yeah, um, that is, that's my story for, I think, interesting and also awesome, uh, Imilax nurture breast pump on the CES show floor. It's great. It's a, uh, it's a product demo. And also a statement about CES. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Can a product demo at CES itself comment on CES? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, Flo, what do you have? Uh, so I have never actually tried the Impossible Burger myself, but I I have a husband who is cutting back on his red meat intake. Uh, we you know, have to start shifting our diet a little bit now. You know, we were talking about. Mm, yes. So, uh, but in addition to that, it's also I just, you know, thinking about how I'm trying not to turn this into like a PSA about factory farming. But listen, there are a lot of cows on this earth, and I don't think we need to have that mm-hmm. many cows just to make burgers, which is why I was very interested in the Impossible Foods the Impossible Burger 2.0. So this was a story that kind of started rolling out on some of the different tech blogs, and I was just kind of reading through it. 
because I've never tried it, my, I've been meaning to try it, so I've been kind of keep, keeping up on it. But I guess White Castle uh, had a demonstration of putting it in their slider, and it's, it's supposedly this 2.0 version is, let's see, it has an improved nutritional profile, uh, an improved taste, and it feels somewhat closer to beef burgers. Uh, you know, they... The White Castle fries it with the same onions, the same way that it does with the regular beef sliders, and they found that they are having uh, some success, kind of getting people to to eat these things versus the real cow stuff. So, our former colleague Caitlin McGarry, who's at Tom's Guide now, she yes. wrote about it, and uh, she said because she used to be a vegetarian, doesn't eat a lot of meat even right. now, and and so she's as she said, uh, you know, she's had a lot of sad soy patties in her day, and she said it was pretty good, and also that apparently this new one is behaves more like ground beef in the sense that you can it doesn't fall apart and you could actually like uh it holds together better than the old impossible burger dead and 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 she gave it a she gave it a a a a thumbs up it's expensive but uh she said it was pretty good i mean look that's fine but does it have amazon voice assistant integration (laughs) (laughs) see what happens is there's a box in your house and a burger emerges from it It's like a computer, one burger. Foldable burgers. I don't know what's happening. I I just wanted to add very quickly uh, that I thought it was also very interesting. They're really trying to push this uh, in other parts of the world where fast food is largely consumed. But again, having a lot of cows is, you know, it's a lot of methane. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Stephen, it's your pick. What do you have? I'm going to get nerdy on y'all. I want to talk about Intel Ice Lake. So Intel is finally (laughs) making it to 10 nanometer after lots of pain and suffering. And then there were rumors about, I think like a year ago, saying they had abandoned their project. Anyways, it is here. Uh, Ice Lake is based on the Sunny Cove microarchitecture, which means things. (laughs) Uh, it includes everything you think it would. Thunderbolt 3, uh, next-generation Wi-Fi, which is called Wi-Fi 6. I think we did a story on this, but they're they're ditching the confusing letters and just going yeah. with version numbers now, which I think is great. It's not going to be like 802.11z. It's just uh, right. 6. Yeah. It's 6. It's number 6. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, deep learning capabilities. You can do machine learning on these chips like Apple and others do in their own silicone. Uh, it uses a 3D stacking technique on top of the die so you, they could put in graphics or AI processing or something and sort of build these stacks vertically. Again, let's just all pretend that we know what that means. That uh, sounds but, cool. <laughs> but it means they can get it, get it small. And uh, and yeah, you know, Intel has struggled to reach this goal. They say these chips are going to be available to OEMs by the end of the year. So we should see them in PCs, you know, maybe the end of 2019. Uh, if Apple's still using Intel chips by then, maybe Macs eventually, but it's a, it's a big day for Intel, a company that just had, has just had it handed to them over and over. This doesn't solve other problems. I'm not saying that, but it is a big step for them in their CPU architecture and one that should make Intel-based uh, PCs at least, again, noticeably faster, cooler, all the things that come with a die shrink, it's going to happen all over again with Ice Lake. And smaller, or thinner, I should say. Mm-hmm. You don't need all that room for the processor. My pick in as we wrap up this two-round draft uh, is a story that... Okay, so I have an electric car, and I thought, oh, man, electric cars are great because they don't make any noise in the engine, and so th- that it's going to be a lot less noisy when you're out on the road. And I'll, I'll tell you what I learned. Uh, this is not going to be news to anybody who has an electric car. Uh, when you're driving on the freeway... 
the engine is not the problem. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. all of the other noise that is coming from outside your car and the wheels on the road and all of that. So Bose was demoing at CES uh, this idea of um, a no- their noise canceling. Imagine if your car was a noise canceling headphone is basically cool. what, the, what the elevator pitch is. And there are some, some cars that have done some of this before where they have like a microphone uh, and uh, that's in like the, the, the outside and then they'd have a speaker on the inside and they try to do some noise cancellation. But Bose would like to quiet comfort your car and you know this is a tech demo and they're trying to get people excited about it and and put pressure on like car companies to buy into it and all of that but i have to say just in general i really like the idea they're probably luxury cars that do this now but i really like the idea of shutting out more of the outside world when i'm driving because um it, it, it is, uh, it, you know, th- those noises are annoying and it's not just your engine, it's the whole world. So I would love to have more uh, specialized noise canceling stuff in a car to make it uh, to make it sound better. So instead of like thick insulation, they say, or other things that they use that are conventional means to minimize noise, why don't you just noise cancel it? You can, your car can be as loud as you need it to be on the outside. Who cares about those other people? I want quiet in my car. So, yeah. Amen. Okay. We're going to take another break, and then we have two little mini drafts of other wacky things that we're going to talk about that happened at CES. Uh, But first, let me tell you about our second sponsor. This episode of Download is brought to you by ButcherBox, the folks who deliver thoughtfully sourced meats straight to your door. You can enjoy healthy grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and now wild Alaskan salmon. Plus, ButcherBox meats come from humanely raised animals that are never fed antibiotics, hormones, or fatty fillers. Here's how it works. Each ButcherBox comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. You can choose from five different box types, including a custom box, that's what I get, where you can choose exactly how much you need and what you and your family will love. And the Wild Alaskan Salmon is a new addition to the lineup. ButcherBox sources their pure, sustainably harvest salmon from Bristol Bay, Alaska. It's not like salmon you'll find in your local store. Its red color means it's as fresh and nutrient-rich as it gets. ButcherBox meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging, and then it's shipped for free with dry ice, which is really fun because you can put water on it and it makes your house look like it's a horror movie, um, to make sure it stays frozen after it reaches your doorstep. It's hard frozen. You toss it in your freezer and you thaw it out later. I think of it as your neighborhood butcher, but it comes... uh to your door in a box with quality beef, chicken, pork, and salmon now, and the option to choose how often you get deliveries. I signed up for that custom plan, and uh, I filled up my freezer with butcher box stuff, and then I've got my little uh, sous vide cooker, my little immersion circulator, which, if you turn off the heat, it's great at thawing that, and then I can cook it in any number of ways. Uh, there are many recipes on the ButcherBox website. If you need ideas, you can follow along with their videos on the YouTube channel that they have. But we have been having this. I just had party wings the other night. We uh, were sending our kids back to school after the holiday break, and we had a uh, order of party wings that we got from ButcherBox. I thought it out, uh, made it myself, looked up a recipe on the internet. It had a little sriracha in it. It was kind of like a garlic, spicy, sticky hot wings thing. It was great. So good. Their chicken thighs are really great we've had steak from butcher box that's been excellent stored all hard frozen in our freezer and then i thawed out and either uh, with the sous vide cooker i can just like go from frozen to cooked or i can just thaw it out in the immersion circulator really fast and then make it any way i want uh ground beef make uh, hamburgers that way too just so many different selections i've been really happy with it 
And it's super easy because it comes in a box and goes in my freezer and then it's there when I need it. I've got a little library of stuff from which to make dinners. It's uh, could, it's the best. It's the best. $20 is what you can get off your first box and two pounds of free salmon. You heard me. Go to ButcherBox.com slash download. Enter promo code download. That's ButcherBox.com slash download and code download for $20 off your first box and two pounds of free salmon. Thank you, ButcherBox, for filling my freezer, supporting download, and all of Relay FM. All right, we move on to a new mini draft. This is the Vaporware draft, as suggested by Stephen Hackett. Uh, CES has a little bit of a reputation for having products that get announced and that never ship. My favorites are the ones that are announced and then re-announced the next year at CES. I love that. <laughs> That's like when you're lapped by the world and you're like, oh, uh, that product is still coming. Um, and so I thought we would do a little vaporware draft, something that you think is unlikely to be a real product or used by real people or even ship, uh, because there's always stuff like that at CES. And even from afar, even though we're not in Las Vegas, we can, uh, I think, suss it out. Micah, what's a vaporware item? What a coincidence that you should say announced and then announced again. Uh, This has been announced thrice because it would have been the last time I was at CES. Um, I had a chihuahua painted onto my fingernail by what was essentially an inkjet printer for nail art. And I have yet to see these be anywhere but CES. Uh, And I think they're a fascinating product, and I think it's like a, a, a cute thing, but they for so long have like pitched these for actual nail salons as opposed to trying to make a product that is, you know, within the cost range of an everyday person so that they could like get it for themselves. And it required a whole lot of, uh, of work to like prep work to get it, get my nail prepared. Um, plus I had to convince the person that yes, I did indeed want to try out this machine, uh, because she kept saying, but you're a guy, but you're a guy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, I am. But, uh, I'd like to do this because my colleague doesn't want to do it on her nail. So finally they let me do it. Uh, and it was fun. And I I'll have to, I'll send you a link. You can include the show notes if you want to, of like a little video that we did. And it looked pretty cool on my fingernail, the little chihuahua, but the problem is, again, I think that like the prep work that's required, uh, coupled with the price makes it difficult to have this product available for everyday people. And I think that that's the best place to put it because if you're going into a nail salon, you're probably going to want something, uh, that looks, you know, very well done and maybe not, not cheesy, which is kind of, kind of what this looked like. It, it looked fine, but it was, it's a little cheesy. And, uh, I think you don't don't go to a nail salon necessarily for the cheese, uh, which we have a surplus of in the United States, but that's beside the point. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, now, Micah, you had another item in your list here that you didn't get to that I'm going to let you do a little bonus pick here because I laughed when I saw this because who among us does not remember last year's CES story about self-driving suitcases? <laughs> Which, shocker, yes. uh, they're back again to tell us that we are now living in the year of the you're self-driving suitcase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is the year. 2019 is the year that Just you're going for sure. to walk through the airport while a suitcase follows you around. What could go because, wrong? Yeah, exactly. What could go wrong? Uh, it's not R2-D2. It's a suitcase. And it is disappointing. $800. Yeah. 
$800, and you can't even use a coupon for that at Macy's. Can you like imagine Star Wars if R2-D2 was just a, a, a rolling a suitcase? suitcase? It would be much <laughs> less cool. Indeed. Oh, boy. Uh, Flo, what's your vaporware pick? The sort of just general uh, topic that I would like to throw here is cars. Uh, yeah. I find that cars, they tend to get announced at CES and only a fraction of them actually exist in the world after the fact. A lot of them are concept cars, which I understand is a big part of the car industry is having concepts and iterating on them. I mean, that's how a lot of that's how a lot of things are created and designed. But I think the frustrating part as a consumer is it feels like every year is the year of the self-driving car. Every year is the mm-hmm. year of like this new futuristic car. And I... You know, it just feels like a never ending race just to claim that they were first. Um, I, you know, would like to just, I, I, there were some things that were announced that seemed like they would be really helpful down the line, but again, they're just prototypes. So I don't know. We really don't know what the future of driving is going to be like because it's going to respond to consumers, right? So how can you anticipate the needs of consumers? in this manner i, I want to i had two on my list that i was thinking of picking that are on this uh the story that you passed us which is a nice pc mag story about all the ridiculous cars at ces the hyundai elevate which is a, yeah. a walking car <laughs> uh sure and uh the bell nexus air taxi which they say is totally going to be used by uber to fly people around uh, nope, in 20 not want. by 2025 and it sure. looks cool and all that and i look at it and i think yep that is never gonna happen so yeah i love the lack of uh, reality it's it's kind of fun to have an industry that is often just uh, takes these flights of fancy in the case of that one thing literally it is a flight of fancy uh bell helicopter i mean they they make flying things but like that they're going to be fly, like air taxi ubers in 2025 just like no come on come on legislation uh, legislation. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uber's really great at following laws <laughs> Uh, Steven, what's your vaporware pick? This is, uh, it fits in with Micah's theme of something that has been announced several times, but everyone's favorite neighborhood closed folding robot is back. I believe for the third <laughs> CES. I think so. Foldamate. Uh, it's a pretty good name. So basically you, it's a big machine. It's like the size of like a tall washing machine. It's pretty big. And you put a shirt or pants, or I think they said this year that they can do towels. You have to clip them into these little guides. You can't just like throw a t-shirt in this and it comes out folded the other end. You got to kind of help it along. And it, can, it says it can sh- fold a shirt in five seconds. I could see a future for this in places like retail stores where there's a lot of folding and and this could make it more efficient and more uniform. So you're not paying a bunch of teenagers to fold your clothes at the gap or whatever. But... It's still a prototype. I'm not convinced there's actually not just a child inside this box folding clothes for us. They haven't proven that to be wrong yet. It's the mechanical Uh, Turk of clothes folding. That's right. That's right. They said it'll be for sale later this year for around $1,000 a piece. And uh, who knows if that's true? I just don't see this thing. I feel like that's more than the labor of a high schooler. Just just recalling back to what I was paid to fold clothes when I was in high school. There'd be a lot of clothes you could get folded That's for like, a thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't think I 
And the first year I saw this, it was literally just a like a molded box. There was nothing inside of it. Uh, and so I wonder what kind of stuff they've added in now, because if if two whatever years ago it was just a just a box is I don't think that. Yeah, fold I'm, your clothes, right. people. Just fold is, them. Use the KonMari method. Lots of scary arms <laughs> in that box. You don't want to see it. I, I want to point out in the story, the tech radar story that Stephen linked to here. Um, this this line made me just squeal with laughter, which is uh, the company claims it can also do shirts, trousers, and some sizes of towel. <laughs> that's <laughs> some size. That's your list: these t-shirts, shirts, trousers, and certain kinds of towels, but not all the not towels. Beach towels, not uh, not hand towels, what? but everything else. Stephen, you know, you, I think you you win the award for finding the product that is on its third lap around CES. Uh-huh. Yeah, fantastic. It's just run around, folding people's clothes, doing mm-hmm. his thing. By the way, this is why you don't have to go to CES every year. Yeah, yeah, you go every third year, and you're, you're going to be like, "Oh, that thing again." Um, yeah, yeah, certain sizes of towels. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one that I think uh, it made me laugh. Sony is going to be Sony. They have announced a new format for audio called 360 reality audio which is a new surround sound format you you you're going to say to yourself well don't we have formats like that already oh yes we have lots of them dolby atmos being a good one but sony has decided to make their own uh format and you're thinking to yourself well okay great sony but who is going to uh, be your partner and i'm not making this up sony sony made an announcement where sony's techno technology group uh, announced that one of their big partners on this would be uh sony because <laughs> vertical integration wow. is important people and who but sony can support sony now they say they uh they have some deals with some streaming services to support this 360 degree audio format uh there's a nice uh, little uh uh, demo uh, like a little piece of art that shows a person sitting on a stool uh, surrounded by speakers, uh, which is not meant to actually happen. Uh, anyway, I uh, it made me laugh because what is what could be more Sony than introducing a proprietary <laughs> format that nobody but Sony supports? It seems like they do this every year. Yeah, and Sony's in such a weird place, right? They it seemed like they were going to ditch all the entertainment stuff, but now they're saying, "Oh, we're an entertainment yeah, company." New CEO is do, all on board with yeah, it. Yeah, so they just it's just whiplash following Sony and they didn't really have any camera news this year where in past years they have. And I just don't know what's going on over there. It just seems like a confusing place to be. Yeah. I think Sony maybe has always been a confusing place to be. Okay. We have one more mini draft before we're done. And this is the worst. So before we, I'm going to get a little fuzzy puppy update at the end to turn things around, but I want from you the worst story of CES 2019. Micah, what do you have? Uh, so I think that this is not gonna, they're just, there are a lot of, a lot of them. And so this is not, not the greatest choice, but I just think that, uh, th- there's a theme that everything has to be a wearable. And if it, if, if we don't make it a wearable, then we're missing out on a whole like product sector. And so one of these wearables that's come is the smart diaper. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is, mm-hmm. I think a comically large, uh, it looks about the size of, 
well, a, a bit bigger than an Oreo. And one is supposed to attach this uh, sensor to the outside of a baby's diaper and then connect it via Bluetooth to their phone. And then this large sensor charm that baby's totally not going to take off of its diaper uh, is going to tell you when there is urine or feces in the diaper. Um, while I love the idea of baby not having, you know, uh, its waist on its skin for a long period of time because we get diaper rash, I'm going to have to say this is just very strange. I don't like the idea of Bluetoothing my baby. Um <sighs> And so that's just very weird. The other one that I'll mention, uh, there's a there's a belt that they call welt, which I assume means wearable belt. Um, oh boy! <laughs> and what this welt does is uh, it keeps track of your waist size, and it tracks your steps, it tracks uh, your calorie burn, and all this other stuff. Um, the problem is. While like the the institutes of health and some other uh, organizations really focus on waist size as like a a health determiner, there are a whole lot of things that go into determining how healthy a person is and whether they're at risk for certain things. And so I just uh, there's something kind of just I don't know weird and gross kind of about this where it's like yes I'm gonna wrap this thing around my body and it's going to shame me all the time uh no that's okay i i don't need a welt also uh, for, uh, for, aren't for, all go. belts wearable i would this hope. is true this right. is true all belts are welts <laughs> so yeah uh i'm sure there were lots of other wearables but i think wearable jewelry wearable wristwatches, and things like that certainly have more of a future although that wearable jean jacket from whomever i don't remember what company mm. makes that uh I wish that that was, you know, uh, actually available mm. to, to a lot of people and that it, that it did cool things, but uh, <laughs> alas. I have a, a related story to the, the diaper story. I thought this maybe could be a vaporware pick, but then I thought putting uh, Alexa toilet in the vaporware category was a little too much on the nose. <laughs> it's because <laughs> it's not vaporware. It exists. Yeah. Yeah. But vapors. Okay. So this is... A toilet, a smart toilet. It has a bunch of things. Motion sensors will automatically raise or lower the toilet lid. So if your partner forgets to put down the lid, this could stop that. Fight oh, from thank happening. goodness. Thank goodness. That's finally we've solved that one. It's automatic flushing and it uses less water if it detects you've been using the toilet for less than 45 seconds. So there's that. There is a button, a manual button if you need a little extra help. Self cleaning bidet, uh, if that's your lifestyle. <laughs> Not everybody's. Mm. <laughs> and the the whole thing is encased in RGB LEDs. This is a experience that the company calls immersive, which is not a word I want to use when talking about a toilet experience. Just me. Don't like that. It has sounds, bird chatter, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. It will have Bluetooth or music streaming via the Amazon Voice Assistant, but that wasn't hooked up yet because nothing is perfect at CES. But here's the kicker. If you want the white model, it will be $7,000. Or if you want the black model, which like this thing is all like rectangular, futuristic looking. So black is the, the obvious color. That is $8,000. Oh, brother. 
That's CES, a lot of money. Ladies and Does gentlemen. an OLED TV emerge from it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just checked, and I four miles from me, I can go to one of Kohler's premier showrooms and see the new me. Micah, you have to do that and report back next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, as the owner of this company, I'm assigning you that. Oh, for snap. Uh, uh. The boss has spoken. <laughs> we'll have you back next week. Uh, this is on the show now. The listeners will expect it, so please wow. follow up. I, I never uh, thought I'd see the day where uh, we'd get poop jokes from Stephen Hackett in download, but uh, the day has come. CES brings out all, brings it out in all of us. Boy, nobody mentioned a pinata now. Flo, what is oh, your God. choice? Nope, nope, nope. Uh, my choice is... Now, this is just... So, VR makes me incredibly sick. All right. Uh, I appreciate the technology, and I appreciate it in its forums for gaming, and I appreciate the things that it could maybe do to help humanity. But I do not think it's going to be helping humanity by having VR in the backseat of a car. So you're talking to a person here who not only gets sick from VR, but also gets sick when she sits in the backseat of anybody's car. Um, I've been like this since I was a little kid, and I doubt that's changing. And I don't know how wearing a VR headset in the back of a uh, sporty-like car would help anybody in this situation. But apparently, it's a thing that was announced at CES. So Audi has actually spun out a new company called Hollow Ride. So it aims to bring a VR experience to the backseat of every car. Doesn't matter the make or model. Uh, it's it's I I just the picture just shows somebody sitting in the backseat of a car with a. VR headset on, which should probably tell you everything that you need to know. And apparently the VR uh, scene or whatever the content is that's going on, it syncs with the, your driving experience. Oh. So however like fast the person's going versus if you're like at a stoplight, mm. I guess like aliens pop out <laughs> so you can fight them when you're at a stoplight. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just seems like a bit of an overkill in where we are putting technology. And as much as I'm sure people are already using VR in the backseat of cars, I'm sure there's kids out there, for instance, who love watching like Adventure Time or whatever through the VR experience. This just seems like something that is just not, it's not solving a problem, folks. <laughs> it's adding a problem to those of us who are incredibly queasy. <laughs> All right, uh, Stephen, what do you have? So I want to talk about 5G for a second. Uh, oh, boy. Yes. Let's do it. Come on. It, All the Gs. <laughs> it may be amazing when it's here, but it is Maybe. years away. We know that. The tech sector of like consumers knows that. But AT&T <laughs> is all in on what Engadget called lying. And I'm going to use that word. <laughs> AT&T is lying to you. So the company pushed an update to the Galaxy S8 Active and like the LG V30 and a couple other phones. And they said more phones will get this update in the coming months. That shows in the status bar 5GE. You know what the E stands for? Error no. or extravagant lying. That's what it stands for. 5G extravagant lying. It's just LTE. <laughs> These phones are just 4G LTE phones, but AT&T is pushing the little 5G symbol onto them. Other cell companies, as you may imagine, have had a field day with this. Uh, AT&T uh, is just 
just getting beat down by Verizon and Sprint. And here's just a little life advice. If Sprint is making fun of you and Sprint is right, you've made some bad decisions <laughs> and you need to rethink them. T-Mobile mocked AT&T on Twitter in typical T-Mobile style. It said, didn't it realize it was this easy BRB updating? And then the video shows someone taping a 9G like sticky note to an oh, iPhone, that's which funny. is grade A uh-huh. trolling yep. from T-Mobile. The worst part of this is AT&T responded by saying the complaints made him smile, which is sort of Trumpian in nature, I think. Ew, Not yeah. great. I don't know what AT&T is doing. They, they've all, I don't know, taken one too many trips through the, through the folding machine, but <laughs> it's... It's not good. AT&T should, is bad and they should feel bad. Uh, you know, I still have this every now and then where I will fall out of an LTE area on my iPhone and I'm on AT&T and I'll be in one of those um, 3G enhanced areas of AT&T's mm-hmm. network where it puts up 4G. Yes, which which yep, is not same. LTE, right? 4G mm-hmm, is right. fast 3G. And every now and then I get that 4G and I'm like, oh boy, AT&T, what are you doing here? And here we have it again where they, they just decided, like, I mean, basically, uh, just because you're marketing 5G to mean this, we have decided it means something else. And I, I don't think anybody can stop them, but it just adds confusion. I get why they're doing it, but oh boy. Yeah. We've done this before. We don't have to do it again. Please stop. No, they they do have to do it again. I think that's the uh, that's the deal. They can't help themselves. All right, for mine, I want to go back to uh, the topics that uh, that Micah brought up. Actually, I want to I want to talk about uh, briefly again the idea of um, of uh, CES being kind of a uh, a show for men where women are often uncomfortable. Um, I hear that the booth babe percentage is down from what it used to be. But still, it is a it is a show that is largely about men. Uh, there have been some attempts to change that over the course of time, but uh, just a gr- a good example this year of what uh, what CES is all about. Uh, a product that is a vibrator for women was going to be awarded a uh, a CES Innovation Award in the robotics and drones category. Very interesting, uh, kind of like a, a big move that a, a, a sex toy won. Now, of course, there have been sex toys at uh, CES for a long time, although at some point they, they a lot of stuff got banished to like the convention center across the street. And it was like <laughs> the alternative adult CES. But uh, there's been plenty of kind of sleazy or uh, sexual or, you know, there's lots, lots. It's Vegas. Okay, it's Vegas. Uh, what happened with this story is that CES then uh, rescinded the story. Uh, or the 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 uh, the award, they took it back, and uh, they took it back because uh, they decided it was immoral, obscene, indecent, profane, or not in keeping with their image. There's a question about why they would do that, since it's a vibrator. Like there was no question about that. It's a vibrator. Why would they not do that? And for me, the best part of this story is that after this story broke and people were kind of outraged that this uh, this uh, event that has had had so much male dominance and and uh, and kind of not really caring about the few women who participated in it, um, their apology was, we're sorry 
we considered it for an award in the first place. Mm. That was their apology. Uh, and just, I mean, you can read more about this. There's a whole backstory about CES and about this product. But having walked the halls of CES for many years and walked around Las Vegas during CES week, I think it's kind of fitting that that this happened, which is that a product that is designed for women and for women's pleasure, oh, no, no, no that's a step too far at CES. So that's my worst story of CES 2019. Boo. Sigh. <laughs> I'm with you on that. That one wins for me. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not good. It's not good. Everybody feeling down? Should I, uh, should I brighten your day with some yes, fuzzy please. puppies? All right. These are not actually puppies, but they are stories that made me smile from CES. There, some of them are silly, some of them are dumb, but because it's CES, but still, uh, before we go, just some stories uh, that, from my fuzzy puppy list. First off, I want to uh, tell you to, about BreadBot. I'm jumping up and down right now. I'm so excited. BreadBot is a fully this. automated bread making machine that mixes <laughs> yes. meats, proves, bakes, and then sells bread like a vending machine. Basically, it's yeah. a bread machine. Um, and at the end of the process, the loaves pop out and slide out. And then it's a bread Five vending dollars, machine. Please. And you get a loaf of bread <laughs> that's warm, uh, but not too warm. It's ready to ready to go, just right. But freshly baked, uh, so basically a a vending machine that bakes and serves bread uh, for you, and that just uh, who doesn't like? I, I imagine now that the airports and things are going to smell like fre- freshly baked bread, and I am all in on that. They That'll should. be great. Uh, they so that's good. Uh, not as good a smell, but a, a fun idea, which is that there's a new uh, 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 smart litter box called the LaviBot. This is uh, fulfilling a, a, the the cute animal quota of the fuzzy puppy update it is a uh, there have been a lot of uh, litter boxes that are self-cleaning for a long time now uh, but this one uh, is not only uh, self-cleaning but it has an app that is called purr song Aww. and uh Aww. it will it will actually track litter box use uh it, it weighs your cat while it's in the box so it'll actually give you like a little chart of your cat's weight it can differentiate wow. between multiple cats and break out the stats for different cats and yes you can receive <laughs> a push notification when your cat has gone in the box uh, I think it's still think it's adorable, but that's a little weird. And I want to leave you last speaking of adorable and weird with uh, Lovot, which is exactly what you think. It is a companion robot. It is a robot that doesn't do anything except want your love. It's got big <laughs> eyes uh, that are like multi-layer displays that try to give you the most uh, cute eyes possible. It has no mouth because apparently it looks more like an adorable cartoon character that way. It doesn't talk. It doesn't do anything other than kind of wobble around like a toddler. And uh, you pick it up and it's cute. And then, of course, you can buy like clothes for it and dress it up and stuff like that. Uh, it costs three thousand dollars, <laughs> um, and it doesn't do anything except be cute. But for uh, comparison, to put in perspective, that uh, the the robotic therapy seal—if uh, you guys remember that—the mm-hmm. idea that you know it's yeah. a, it's an adorable thing, it makes noise, oh, and people yeah. can hug it and stuff like that—that uh, that costs five thousand dollars. So these things aren't cheap, and that's basically what the love art is for. It is meant to be kind of a a cute, uh, comforting thing so while a ridiculous product it's also super adorable and that is the ces fuzzy puppy edition ah we did it everybody we got to the end the pinata is empty micah Sargent, where can people find the stuff that you do 
Uh, you can find the stuff that I do over at chihuahua.coffee. That's C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A dot coffee. Excellent. And Flo, where can people find your stuff? Florenceion.com. Excellent. And on Twitter. Excellent. Excellent. Stephen Hackett, we did it. We got through CES week. Uh, thanks for the draft idea. That Nice job. This was a lot of fun, and yes. I think that it should be a traditional download from here on out. Okay, every week we're going to draft stories from now on. <laughs> <laughs> just, just CES week. Just CES week. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. Uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of Download. Uh, I have been your host, Jason Snell, and until next week, we will keep drafting the headlines so you don't have to. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.